Welcome to Podcraft, honing the art of podcasting. The bite-sized show that covers one topic in depth each series. Your complete podcasting guide. Podcraft brings the pieces together so you don't have to. And now your host, Colin Gray. Hey folks and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is season five where we're talking monetization, hopefully making a penny or two out of your show. We've covered a lot of topics already this season. We've already covered affiliate marketing, we've covered sponsorship and advertising, covered donations, that was the last episode. If you want to go back and check out any of the previous methods of monetization, then go to podcraft.net forward slash series five or season five and you'll find a full list of all episodes. But last time around it was donations. Enjoy talking about that actually. It was uh, something I haven't looked into a huge amount in the past actually. So I had to do a wee bit of research around Patreon, the different ways that people are making money out of donations. And I have to admit, I was uh, as surprised as anyone to find out that some people are making uh, six, well, five figures, sorry, out of donations. It's uh, well, it's a way of making money out of a, a very loyal audience. And obviously it depends on you creating that trusted audience, that that legion of uh, fanatical fans. But again, that's something that any of us can do if you put out really good content week by week. Of course, this time around, we've got another topic for you. And this time we're going to be talking about selling the show itself. So now we're going to talk about actually selling the podcast. So this is a little bit of a different way of going about it. And it's a way that doesn't necessarily play into the power of podcasting. Because one of the big things I've talked about in previous episodes is the fact that giving away free content, giving away loads of value, loads of entertainment, loads of whatever it is you give on your show, that's what builds that trust. It builds that likability. It builds that fanatical audience that I've already mentioned a couple of times. And that, that audience, that fanatical audience, the loyalty they have to you, that is what allows you to sell products, to monetize, to get donations, however it is that you're going to make money out of your show, that comes through that trusted audience that you build. So in many ways, selling the show itself plays against that because it might be that if you sell the show, the most basic version is you actually sell each episode and that will obviously gate the content. It'll mean that people can't get to that content to build that trust and therefore know that they should pay for your show. So there's a bit of a chicken and egg situation going on here if you look at the most basic basic method of selling your show. But what we'll do is we'll cover a few different ways of doing it. We'll cover from that basic way right up to, uh, well, uh, less basic ways. So I hope we cover every way that you can use uh, the show itself as a product uh, and variations of that in this episode. Now, if you want to check out the show notes, of course, you can go and get any resources that I mentioned here or a summary of all these methods at podcraft.net forward slash 506. You can always check back there and find out more about the show. The podcast host, honing your skills. Get your free equipment buyer's guide at thepodcasthost.com forward slash kit. Get the right equipment. First time. Okay, so the first method of selling your show is literally just that, I suppose. It's selling the show. It's actually having the whole show gated. So people have to pay money, a subscription perhaps, or maybe uh, you put it out as a package of MP3s and people uh, buy it and they get a hold of the MP3s. Now, if you do it that way, if they actually have to buy it to download it, obviously it's not really technically a podcast because it's not using an RSS feed, subscription, all the parts that make up a podcast, 
but it is possible to do a podcast which is subscription-based. It is possible to put a password on your podcast feed. Now, there are, um, it's tricky sometimes to manage this, especially if you do it on a membership basis uh, and you want to have individual passwords for each person. Uh, the most basic way is that you just put one password on your podcast feed. That's the simplest way, the most, uh, well, it's certainly the way that uh, most people do it. But obviously, that runs into problems. Uh, you can, well, you're given the same password to everyone, so they can just pass it around to anyone. Uh, if you want to change that password for any reason, you have to give it to every person that's purchased the show. So there's all sorts of problems go around that. Not least the fact that, as I've already mentioned, if you gate the content away, then how do people know it's good? How do people build that trust up with you to know that they should pay for it? Well, I think the only reason, the only way this can work is if you already have a big audience. So if you're a well-known person, you're a celebrity possibly, or you're a big company that has built an audience in another way. So possibly you're a big blogging company. You do a lot of blogging. You give away a lot of value via your blog. And therefore, you can encourage people to pay extra um, for podcasts. So you give away a podcast, but actually it's a £5 a month subscription. People pay that, they get the password, and they can access that RSS feed. I have to say, though, outside of that context, outside of being a celebrity or a big audience, a big uh, company with a big audience already, this probably isn't the best option to gate the entire show and sell the entire show. But there is a compromise. There is uh, a sort of the next level up, which would be premium content. So this is the next method, I would say, premium content. And that is when a show would give away an episode a week, say. So you do your normal weekly show where you're giving away your content, your valuable content, good entertainment, growing that audience, growing that trust. But actually, you record another show as well, and that is premium content. So that is a separate feed where people have to actually pay for it. Or it might be they just download it. Maybe they can subscribe using that password method I mentioned before. But that premium content is stuff that you can only get if you pay for it. Now, the way this works, obviously, is that if people enjoy your show, you're either you're really funny, you um, you give great entertainment, people want to get more and more of what you do. Uh, it could be education, too. If you give away such good content that people really think that it's worth paying for sort of your extra tidbits, maybe you say you're holding back the sort of the premium secrets or the really good stuff. Um, that can kind of denigrate the trust a little bit. So if you say you're holding back things in your in your free podcast, it can kind of niggle with people. It can hold back building that loyal audience. But there are ways to do it. For example, you could give away everything. You could say you're giving away everything. And then in the premium content, maybe it's more how-to stuff. Maybe it's uh, you give away what people should do and why they should do it in the free one. And then it's how they should do it in the paid one. So there's different ways to separate it out. Um, to get that premium content, which is an extra podcast that people will pay for. Now, examples of this, I saw some good examples years back in gaming shows particularly. So, uh, tabletop gaming is a big niche. People paying things like uh, Warhammer and the like. And there was a show called Podhammer. They were an Australian show, really, really popular, really funny show. The guys on it were a group of friends, four or five of them. It was different ones every time. There was one kind of main host and a few sort of rotating hosts. And they always had great banter, talking about the game, giving away great content, as in they were talking about the game, they were giving away strategies. They were actually, it was really interesting, really useful content, but also just the fact that they were all pals. They were all really funny. It was just damn entertaining as well. And it was a type of show that actually you were you looked forward to. And there's plenty of those out there, of course. But it was just a good example of one of these shows that you really looked forward to listening to. And they released some premium content. 
So they had their one hour normal show, but then they kept recording for another hour. They just continued the show. They just kept talking about what they were talking about. So you had this great quality content for an hour, which was free. And then they said, if you want to hear uh, some more of the show, just more that we recorded, more good stuff, more of the same, essentially, then join our membership club, which basically gets you this extra content. You can get these premium shows, which is the extra. And that worked really well for them. They made a good living out of that for uh, for a while. So um, it's one way to do it, another way to do it. And uh, it certainly has worked for other podcasts in the past, so worth considering big advantage of this of course as well as the fact that it's not really much extra work i mean you have to record for a bit longer edit a bit longer but you're already podcasting anyway so you're not setting up extra tools or anything like that it's kind of it's one of the simplest ways to do it i guess so worth thinking about now the next way to do it is to do uh, to sell a back catalog now this works well for shows that have been going on for quite a while And it gets around that gating concept, as in you don't have the free content to act as uh, as a lead generator. I mean, essentially, that's what the free content is acting as. So the podcast that you give away for free, that's acting as a lead generator for whatever premium things that you're going to be selling. And I'll talk about, obviously, a few other options already. But we've got that premium. So the previous uh, version, just the, the sort of simple premium content, those extra premium content episodes, the free ones are a lead generator for that. People listen to the free content and they're upsold to the premium content. So the back catalogue version is that you retain your most recent, say, 30 to 50 episodes, always for free, but actually you keep removing old episodes and take them offline and sell them as evergreen, sort of gated back catalogue content. To give you an example of somebody that does this well, uh, there's a company called Simply Syndicated in the UK. They do entertainment shows. Uh, the original, I believe, was called Movies You Should See. And uh, actually, I don't think that now that I've talked to Richard, that wasn't original, but that was the most, probably the most popular one. They're sort of their main show. And it basically just reviewed a movie every single month, every single week, sorry. And it wasn't new movies. It was always, it was a movies you should see as in uh, classic movies, just good movies that have come out, well, at any time. Similar to the Podhammer show, it was a group of friends that got on really well. They were all quite funny. They were entertaining. They they gave these really insightful reviews of these shows while doing it in a really funny way. So really entertaining, really good content. And the important thing, totally evergreen, because they're talking about classic movies. They're not talking about stuff that's just come out. They're talking about good stuff that you can always watch. And therefore, it's always relevant to anyone, no matter what the time. So at a certain point in their history, uh, let's say the 100th episode, they took off a certain chunk of their back catalogue. They took off the first 50 episodes, let's say, and packaged that up as uh, a back catalogue product. So they sold packages of, say, first episodes 1 to 25, you can buy that for £10. Episodes 25 to 50, you can buy that for £10 as well. But the most recent 50 episodes are still free. So people would still subscribe to the show, they'd still listen to some great content, get to know the hosts, get to trust them, and go, I'd love to hear more from these folk, and therefore buy the back catalogue. So that worked really well for them for a while. They've actually changed the method a little bit. They've gone a bit Netflix and now have a subscription because they have a, a network of shows. So you can sell your back catalogue actually as a sort of a Netflix style of thing whereby people buy a membership, uh, say 10 to £20, 
And if you pay that, then you can access all of the old episodes of the entire Simply Syndicated uh, back catalogue. So that's another way to do it. It means that you don't have to sell it as packages, not as one-off. You can build a recurring revenue out of your back catalogue. So that's two ways to sell your back catalogue. Again, works really well for shows with evergreen content, really stuff that's always going to be relevant. So if you're selling a show that's two or three years old, it has to still be relevant to the person. So it could be you teaching something that doesn't go out of date very quickly. Could be this type of thing, talking about um, subjects that don't really go out of date, as in a classic movie. Uh, might not work very well for a new show or something similar to that, but plenty of different shows out there that it would work for quite well. Okay, so that really is the three methods of selling the basic show itself. So, and the first method was actually just selling the show. So the whole show is gated. You have to pay to access every episode. The second one was premium content. So you have some free episodes upgrading to premium episodes. And then the third was a back catalogue. So you take the old episodes offline and sell them as a product, retaining the most recent episodes as your lead generator. So the next few episodes, the next few methods are more kind of upgraded content that goes along with your show. They won't be podcast episodes. Uh, it will be kind of upgrades or enhancements to the show. The first of that I call support content. So this would be selling material that goes alongside your podcast that helps people who listen to your podcast. And it probably particularly applies to education, I guess. Now, the classic example of this that I always talk about is Radiolingua by Mark Pendleton. So Radiolingua is a network of shows that teach language. Coffee Break Spanish is the one that I listened to originally. And Radiolingua does it ex- extremely well in that they have an excellent show, great teaching. Uh, Mark talks on Coffee Break Spanish, talking to his assistant who uh, learns Spanish. And basically the, the show is free, so you can download the show entirely for free, but they sell worksheets and vocab sheets and stuff like that. They sell PDFs that go along with the show and help the listener with what they're trying to achieve out of the show. So people come there to listen uh, to the show to learn Spanish and he sells little extras that make that easier. So they could do it for free. They could listen to the show, just listen along, repeat things back. But actually they upsell those uh, support items, the worksheets that really help people do it more quickly. And he sells it as that. It's kind of enhance your learning, speed up your learning, that type of thing. And there's many shows out there that do teach people or um, do something that could benefit from that kind of support material that goes along with it. Even if it's things like a resource list that you can download alongside it that give people all of the links or a a 10-step guide to achieving this thing that we talked about in the podcast. People tend to be quite willing to pay for things in a different format. They love listening to you on the podcast, but actually having a really useful two-page PDF guide that gives them the 10-step guide to what you just talked about could be really worth them paying a pound for, for example. So something that could be worth thinking about if you teach particularly and in some other contexts as well. So the advantage of this in giving that sort of extra content that's not the podcast is that it allows you to keep the entire podcast free forever. Uh, Most of the previous ones required you to take certain bits of the podcast offline, whether it's the back catalogue or it's a premium service where some of the podcast isn't available. They all have this content that's not available. Uh, The audio content is not available. If you have support content, though, the entire podcast is always available. You don't have to worry about taking things offline. You don't have to worry about managing your feed. It's just always there. But then there's extra work goes into creating those worksheets, creating that support material. So 
there's different things that, uh, you know, that goes into it. So there's pros and cons to that. The previous methods actually don't require any extra work in creating the the extra materials because you're podcasting anyway, whereas this does require you to go away and create those PDFs to find those those uh, worksheets and resource sheets. So it's a choice between which type of material you want to spend your time creating as an extra and which one you think would be most relevant or most desirable to your audience. Now, the next along the list I call repurposed content. So this is the next monetization method of selling your show itself is repurposed content. Now, that is kind of similar to the previous one in that you're keeping the the main show free. It's acting as a lead generator. The show's always going to be free. Every, Every episode of the show will be free, but you're going to repurpose that show into something else. So the first option could be an audiobook. It might be that you take sections of your show and turn that into audiobooks, um, talking about certain subjects. Now, this works particularly well if you do a season-based format or a topic-based format. Like I often, um, I have to talk about the show or I talk about to, to clients and, uh, and listener and readers on the site. Doing seasons, as in uh, this is season five, as you know, this season's all about monetization. This means that at the end of this season, I'll have, say, six or seven or eight episodes all about monetization. It's kind of like chapters in a book. I could put these together, record an intro and a, a conclusion, record maybe a few little extras that kind of tie it all together, and suddenly I've got an audiobook, and I could sell that for £10, say, for the whole thing. Now, you might say, well, all this content's out there for free anyway. Why would people pay for it? You'd be surprised at how many people are willing to pay for convenience and pay for packaging and pay for the ease of use um, and tying all together. And especially if you add a little bit, say you do have that intro and the conclusion, which sort of gives maybe a, a bit more information around which one works in certain contexts and stuff like that. If you add that kind of stuff, but even if you don't add that stuff, people often pay for you to put something together for you, for them, to make it really easy to listen to. So rather than somebody having to subscribe to the RSS feed for here and then downloading all the shows separately, if they can just go into Audible, download the book and then listen through the whole thing really easily, then that can be quite a good option for people often willing to pay £5-10 for that. The other option, of course, is different format. This maybe adds an extra reason to buy it. So Turn the show into an ebook. Get it transcribed. Uh, maybe edit it a little bit. Transcriptions of uh, plain speech tend to not be maybe quite ideal as a written item, but maybe do a bit of editing. Pull it all together into an ebook, and I would have an ebook on monetization if I did that for this show, if I did that for this series. That obviously is slightly different. The, the content is out there for free, but people are maybe even more likely to pay for this because some people prefer to read. They prefer to be able to skim through something or even if they have listened to something, they then have it as a reference to be able to skim through, refer back to certain parts without trying to find them within the audio. So that could be a different resource which you've created as a, a repurposed content from your audio episodes. This is one that can be quite quickly and quite easily done, especially if you have maybe a really small budget to get outsourced as well. And if you can have somebody that will package up your audio files and do all the work and putting it into Audible, then really it takes you no work at all. The ebook, you can outsource the transcription, send your audio files to, say, rev.com or similar. Uh, you can get that put together. Maybe there'll be a bit of editing, a bit of graphic design, that type of stuff you can do yourself, but you can outpurpose that as, uh, outsource that as well. You could really get an ebook created for probably not that high a cost. Um, and certainly I've had audiobooks created for in the sort of low hundreds mark, say two, three hundred dollars. 
uh, ebooks as well I've had designed in that kind of range as well. So you could get either of them completely outsourced for I would say under $500, maybe three, four hundred pounds. So it's something that can be done quickly and easily if you have a, a successful podcast out there and you have a little bit of budget to put into it. Okay, let's get on to the last method now. And this is the sort of the highest level, I suppose, the most time consuming, but possibly the most profitable as well. And that is what we call upgraded or enhanced content. Now, this to me means adding extra material, extra formats, um, basically extra everything to turn your series into what would be more like a course. So, as you probably know, this is something that we do at the podcast host quite a lot. So the first season of Podcraft, if you've ever listened back to it, if you've listened for that long, <laughs> I do thank you. But also if you ever go back, you'll see the first season is a beginner's guide to podcasting. It is the first 10 episodes, well, it's 10 episodes to releasing your first episode. Now, I turned that series into a course, which is now Podcast Liberation on the Podcast Host. So you can go and see the course Podcast Liberation on the Podcast Host website. Just go to thepodcasthost.com and you'll see podcast courses in the menu at the top. We sell that for £200. So that is a course that I have built from a 10 episode series. And I've added tons of stuff to that. So there's videos in there that explain a lot of the stuff um, that uh, we talked about in that series. There's extra material that doesn't appear in that series. Stuff that didn't really apply to the audio context that was really good to put in a video context. There's lots of written material in there so people can go back and revise it, read it, skim over things. Loads of how to, loads of why to. Basically lots of stuff in that course it takes people through, it holds their hand, the kind of stuff that you, not quite so, well, maybe takes too long to put in a podcast or is uh, benefits from a different format like written or video. You can enhance that podcast, you can put it in a course and you can release it as a course that takes people through it all. As I said, even if you don't add that much to it, people are often willing to pay to be guided through something. So if you can create a course that really just uses the content that's in your podcast season, say the topic that you're covering. So say I did one on monetization. If I was to create a course that really just covered what I'm talking about in this season, guides them through it step by step. If you can really just lay those steps out for people, that convenience, that handholding is something people are more than willing to pay for. And if you can add a whole lot of extras like I have with uh, podcast liberation, then obviously you're adding a whole lot more value and you can charge even more for that. Another thing that lends itself to really well is activity as well. So as much as you try on a podcast, you do calls to action at the end, you ask your listeners to do things, you're not really prompting them as such. And often when they're on the podcast, they're walking, they're driving, they're doing something else. And therefore getting them to actually take that action can be tricky sometimes with the podcast. There's ways to do it, but it can be tricky. Whereas if you get them into a course, you can actually put in forms, you can put in activities on that course. You can do all sorts of things like that, like we have in Podcast Liberation, that really encourage people to take action on each lesson, really encourage them to achieve success actually do something with this material and really get a lot out of that course as a result. And that's the kind of thing that creates really good uh, vibes around your course, really good fans of the course and really powers referrals, gets people talking about your course um, and your podcast as a result in really good ways. And that's the kind of stuff that gets that word of mouth going, that viral effect going that gets people more and more people coming to your podcast, more and more people buying your course, your enhanced content and building a business around this podcast. So I suppose to summarise this uh, upgraded content or, or course style approach, 
it's really taking into account or using approaches from all the previous ones. I mean, you're using repurposed content because you're going to be putting the podcast episodes in there, maybe transcribing some of them as, as material as part of the course. You're going to be using uh, premium content because obviously you're you're charging to get to extra stuff. You're going to use back catalogue. You might bring in old material, blog posts you've used, uh, old podcast episodes where they support it. You can create a lot of support content. So you can have worksheets, you can have activities all those things that support the learning of your of your students. And of course, you can be using premium content because there's going to be tons in that course or probably there'll be stuff in that course that isn't available anywhere else. It's not available as a podcast episode. It's not even, even in a different format. So you can be bringing together all of the previous formats, putting together something really amazing that your podcast promotes and selling that as a product. So I hope that gave you a good idea of all the different ways that you can sell your podcast or sell the podcast itself. And I realized that some of them are enhancements to the podcast. They are things that you would add to the podcast, but they're all as a result of your core podcast content. And a lot of them do depend on still building up that trusting audience, still putting out really valuable free content week by week on a regular basis to build the sort of the trust and the loyalty that allows you to sell that product in the end. So I hope that uh, gives you a good idea of how you can go about it. So thanks for listening to another episode of season five of Podcraft. Again, if you want the show notes for this, all the resources will be linked in there and a wee summary of all the uh, the methods. You can go to podcraft.net forward slash 506 and you can see all the previous episodes in the season as well at podcraft.net forward slash series five or season five. So one more episode to go, I think. I think I'm going to cover a few little ones in the final episode. Stuff like crowdfunding, running a community, maybe even professional hosting as well. All ones that probably don't justify their uh, an entire episode. Although I'm considering crowdfunding as an entire episode. There's a few good examples out there, but we'll see see what I decide on that one. <laughs> Show my uh, my planning here. It's uh, planning it as we go along, but we're going to have some great material there, stuff that will give you some uh, final tips on the ways that you can monetize your podcast. So thanks again for listening and my final request, of course, as always, if you do enjoy the show, please do pop onto iTunes and give us a review. It would be most appreciated. It really helps us get it out there and as well, get in touch. Tell me what you think of this episode of this uh, series. Please do send an email at colin at thepodcasthost.com or fire me a tweet on at thepodcasthost. We'd love to hear from you. Always good to get feedback from listeners. And if you think that uh, we're drawn to the end of this series and you're like, well, I haven't mentioned that method of monetization, this method of monetization. If you're monetizing in a way that I have not talked about so far, and haven't just mentioned either crowdfunding communities or professional hosting methods, please do give me a shout. I might even get you on the show to talk about it if it's not something I've any experience with. All right, that's it for the week. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next time. If you want more of everything podcasting, from equipment guides to podcasting courses, head over to thepodcasthost.com. And don't forget to give us some feedback. Leave a comment at podcraft.net or send Colin a tweet at the podcast host. Thanks for listening.